You're listening to The Dollop on the All Things Comedy Network. This is a bilingual American history podcast where each week I, football watcher, man who likes pants, not bald, Dave Anthony reads a story from American history to his friend. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. Great list it's, there. I feel like that's the second time you've bragged about how you're into pants. So, um, good for you. Yeah. Here's the thing about me, Gareth. I like mm-hmm. pants. Yeah. Cool. You're a good guy. I'm a pretty big fan of having uh, a piece of clothing that goes from my, my, my waist. I don't, you're down. not going to define what pants are to people, right? Because that would be like a crazy thing to do. All the way down to my ankles, and, oh my and then there's holes in them, and I can step in. Oh, my Lord. Right? Dave. And then pull them up, and they, and they just kind of cinch around that whole area, and they keep me warm. Okay. They keep I me protected from insects. I was trying to support you, and you're making me regret it. I think a lot of people, and we have a lot of listeners around the world, and I, I, look, I haven't traveled very much, but I don't think people outside of America know what pants are. So it's fine to explain to people what we do in America, which is wear pants, but um, mm-hmm. don't protect ourselves from COVID and don't take vaccines. <laughs> and we shoot at each other. Also, uh, nobody likes each other, and we're probably going to end up like the Road Warrior in about four years. That's honestly generous. That's exciting. That's, uh, <laughs> shocked to hear that. And in a way, it's nice to sort of see the prophecy coming towards us. Sure. We've talked about it a lot. Sure. And we're getting there. Yeah. So it's cool. It's cool when people have pretty much the same chance of being shot as much as getting a shot. That's a cool country. It's so great to see uh, uh, one of the foreign uh, comedians. I don't know if he was Australian or... Oh yeah, but he said he 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 showed he showed oh you do no he 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 explained how uh, they have it's better health care in Grand Theft Auto and he's it right it is a fantastic <laughs> it is it is one of those bits where you're as a comedian you're just jealous because you're like holy shit did he condense that nicely and then I tweeted about it and I didn't. Uh, put his name and I felt like a dickhead because I was like if that was me I'd have been Tim Bad is his name he's an Australian comedian and his bit on uh, America is <laughs> fucking is pretty much word perfect <laughs> like it's a no notes bit so yeah it so is I'm gonna no steal it bit. I'm gonna steal yep. it I'm um, gonna start doing that uh well I'll do it on our tour of Australia I'll do a little stand up up front and I'll just take his bits yep that's America I'm American and I say fuck you and called it, quote, his jam pad. Jam pad? I'm the fucking hippo guy! Dave, okay. My name's Gary. <laughs> My name's Gary. Wait. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tiggly Podcast. Okay. This is like anarchy! On a five-part coefficient. <laughs> My room's Now hit him with the puppy. You both present sick arguments. <laughs> no sleep till hippo! No sleep till hippo! Uh, action part. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. Rhoda! Rhoda in the court! Uh, Monday, October 11th, uh, that's when our tour of Australia begins. So uh, we're going to be going to Perth, Adelaide, Sydney, uh, Brisbane, Melbourne, uh, Canberra, 
New Zealand should be on there. Canberra. 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 So go check that. You can go to dollopodcast.com for tickets. And then we also have a live dollop. Yes. Coming up on May 14th. 14th. Uh, you can get tickets. Looped live, uh, yeah. a live dollop. We've done a number of these. They are pretty great. Uh, Dave really brings a lot of media to these events. So join us for one of those May 14th, Looped Live. September 3rd, 1864. Year of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Can I jump in for a second? It feels like every year is the year of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Well, they all are. Okay. Every single one since, uh, since his birth has been his year. They're they're all it's the years are are from when he he kicked it or was born one or the other AD. who cares sure so so that's that's why we say that because the Great. calendar Let's, is based on right. our Lord Jesus Christ's death it, we've established that about? every year is the Lord so great. Yeah, every every Lord is the. It was. It's yeah. based on his death. When sure. Uh, sure. Uh, he got so this is September third, eighteen eighty four. Did you say? Yeah, he was uh, murdered okay. by chipmunks. Okay, let's just start. And then they put him in a hole, and he can't. He dug let's just out. jump back in. I shouldn't have jumped in. I really. You wanted the history. You got it, baby. I'm, I, uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Straight out of the history books. I really appreciate it. Earl Harry Decker was born in Columbia County, New York. His parents were Philip Decker and Margaret, and they lived in Lockport, Illinois, for a very short time. In 1867, they moved to Chicago, mm-hmm. as we call it, uh, Chi Town. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Windy City. Windy, the Windy City. Uh, Philip Decker was a very skilled carpenter. He built up a successful contracting business. And by the 1870 census, uh, it was recorded he owned 10,000 in property. So dad's doing good, right? So okay. he's. So he's I from... just realized the year I suggested it was is totally wrong because this is in the 1870s. Okay. All right. So what'd his you, dad's doing well. What'd you think? Uh... 1884 was what I guessed. That's different. 1864. It's my attention to detail, I think, that keeps the people coming back. That's why people love it. Uh, so the family's, the family's well off. And now Harry doesn't want to go into contracting carpentry work. Why? Because Harry is in love with a game known as baseball. Okay. 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 And Harry is very good at baseball. When he was just a teen, he landed a place on a team sponsored by the local board of trade. Okay. So this is baseball is just getting going. And, okay. and it's the rules are always changing. It's all the different stuff. There's a couple of major leagues. But, like, every town has a team, and every, every group has a team. Like, it's just everyone's got teams, right? Okay. <clears throat> so he gets on one of those teams, and then after that, he gets scouted and seen, and then he signs up with one of Chicago's top amateur clubs, known as the okay. Unions. The unions? Yes. My Lord. Imagine yeah. trying to name a team that today. All of the unions. I mean, people would go crazy. Oh, they wouldn't like that because unions We're destroyed. the unions. Yeah. They destroyed America. People don't know that, but that's... Yep. Slowly. Harry enlists in the army around this time, but when he gets to Fort Leavenworth, he's like, I don't like this, and he leaves. 
That's a real not. rich guy move. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. That's that really is a spoil. That's just like you know. I think I want to join the army, and then you're there, just like oh, oh it's not a fun lot at of all. combat, is it? I'm all muddy, mother. <laughs> oh, my bayonet hurt my nail. So uh, he bails. Now that's obviously illegal, and there are no one knows exactly what happened. But there's reports that he stayed uh, to stay out of prison. He claimed insanity, but there's no confirmation. It was okay. said he had to go to an asylum for a bit, for a very brief period. So it's wow. possible. Okay. It's very possible. So I found a newspaper now of him being welcome as the new catcher for the local Des Moines, Iowa team on July 13th, 1883. Okay. So he's, what, 19? So um, he went, he kind of, he basically went AWOL, then went to uh, a mental institution, and now he's a catcher. That's right. Mm-hmm. As that, he, that was what the announcer said. A little background here. Uh, <laughs> didn't play any college ball, but uh, did join the Army for about six hours, which point he went totally AWOL, and now we play Bayball. <laughs> Three and two, full count, bottom of the six. <laughs> so uh, in 1884, he signs his very first pro contract with the Evansville team, which is in Indiana. He. Sure. He he is there known as a very cocky and confident player. Right. By the he, way, when you moved to Evansville, the group of Evans. Oh, my God. Real, you, your name's not Evan. They do not like it. And there's a lot of violence. Yep. He uh, he got the nickname the Adonis while he was there. Mm, so he, he's a chubby fella. Yeah, he's chubby. He once once asked to umpire a game. I mean, it was a very hot day, so he said he'd only do it if he got a chair, a fan, and an, an umbrella. Which so, isn't really... Dave, it feels like potentially a pampered individual. A little bit. I mean, it's definitely, yeah. it definitely feels like he came from a very rich, easy life. Did they... Now, I mean, I could go either way on this, but did they accommodate? Yeah, I believe they did. They did. So he got a chair and a fan and an to ump a game? Yeah. The ups asleep again. I'm Which, just so comfortable. Yeah. For for Woo! people who don't know baseball, uh, umpires don't sit down. <laughs> no. And they certainly don't have fans in the stands <laughs> or blowing on them. No. Uh, could I just get another bowl of grapes? Now, he's not pampered because he's he's a catcher. Uh, so it's it's arguably the most brutal position that has ever existed in sports is Right. Catcher from like 1860 to the 1890s. So <laughs> baseball's pretty new at this point. Rules are constantly changing. Teams are trying to establish themselves. Leagues are shifting. I mean, when I say rules are changing, like one year there's no foul. You can't hit anything foul. One and year next there's year, no foul. There's no at the beginning of baseball. There's no fouls that you just had to catch the ball wherever it went. And wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I'm wait. So. If you so there was there any there was no out of bounds no okay so but but there's no so you just hit a ball anywhere and run it must have been a really you, high scoring sport you used yes there used to be like eighty runs a game you used to hit the ball <laughs> you could you could if you couldn't hit the ball if the pitcher pitched fast you could hit it backwards you could just like tip it and then run like it was just all the rules we think about baseball now didn't exist and they're coming I'm in, ready to go back to that. Oh, I'll do that's going to get me watching again. 
I'll do, okay. I'll do one on that for sure. That, that was actually okay. how I found this, because I was going through the old rules, and then I was like, oh, this is a cool story. It's like cricket. Yeah, it's, it's, very, it, it's a lot like cricket when you start reading about it, uh, but more brutal. Like, they wore pads and stuff in cricket. Okay. The Americans were like, no pads. You use your face yeah. and your hands. Yeah, best country. <laughs> so, so there's the two leagues. There's the National League and the American Association. Those are the two pro major leagues. And then this okay. new group comes along, the Union Association. They're trying to create a third league and, a league and try to break in. And so to do that, they refuse to recognize the contracts of the other two leagues. And they're just like, I will sign anybody. It doesn't so matter. Poaching? Yeah. I mean, I guess you could call it poaching. They're, they're like, yeah. yeah, we don't believe in, in your contract. So we, we can sign any of your guys. So it's baseball polygamy. Yeah. But it's really good for the players because now there more players can play and get, make money and right. they can move around and make more money. So it's helpful that. Right. So Harry was signed to play with the Indianapolis team in the American Association. And while he's playing for Indy, two men from the Kansas City Club of the Union Association come to the game and sit right behind him. Now, one was uh, Peekaboo Veach. Okay, so uh, <laughs> what, how do you want to handle it? What do you mean? How do you that, want to do it? It's just his, How do you want to dish this out and sort of split it up? Or that's what he's known by. He's known as Peekaboo. Peekaboo. It's just a guy's name. What's your uh, sure. deal? Don't name shame. No, oh, no. It's just like it sounds like a it's like a child fantasy character. It's a little. It's not. It a sounds great, like it yeah. sounds like a boogeyman cousin. It's it's not a yeah. It's not a great name for a a, a, a grown adult. You know what I mean? Like a grown no. adult probably shouldn't be named Peekaboo. Yeah. I'm assuming he did this a lot with the kids, put his hands uh, or adults. And like everybody. Come up and, he, yeah, it has to be just, everybody if like that's if your you, name. If you met Peekaboo, he would just put his hands in front of his face and then and he'd be he like. He thinks he's gone. Hey, hi, it's nice uh, to meet there you. There he is. Peekaboo. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm 41, so I don't need that. Uh, <laughs> hey, I love it. And I'm a gotcha nose Schmidt. <laughs> <laughs> So, it's from a paper. Quote, in the second or third inning, Veach held up a big roll of $1 bills. Oh, Deck, he called. Look here. When Decker's eyes sighted the wad and the nod, he was wild to get out. And Fable says he stuck out his finger and got hurt in the sixth inning so he could hurry up and join the Ted and Peekaboo. There is absolutely no way there's a crazier thing in this story than what you just said. <laughs> so he holds up money, and the guy's like, oh, ooh la la. And then he intentionally, like, does he bunt with his index? Okay, there's no, there's no replacements. You can't replace a player. <laughs> the this only, baseball is amazing. Only, I would watch this shit. The only way you could replace a player was if he was hurt so badly that the other coach agreed that that guy's too hurt to play. And he goes with finger, and the other coach is like, oh, man, it looks pretty swollen. Well, the fingers, I mean, these guys' fingers are just broken all the time. So, um, yeah, it would make sense. He would do a finger. Okay. <laughs> so Harry, Harry goes to Kansas City, and in India, it I turns cannot out, believe his plan. I cannot believe that Peekaboo Veach's plan just worked. <laughs> So he leaves every he just owes everybody money when he leaves 
Indianapolis. His landlady, sure. his, his laundry person, friends. Great. Um, and at the end of the season... I'm noticing a pattern. It's, uh, does, it's not finishing. <laughs> at the end of that season in Kansas City, the Union Association folds. And most okay. players who had hopped over were forgiven by the National and American Leagues. Some weren't, and Harry was one who wasn't. And he found himself blacklisted from the pro teams. Okay. I wish I knew what Peekaboo was. I want to kick that guy's ass. <laughs> Shh, I'm behind my hands. Don't tell him. Peekaboo. I heard him. He's around here somewhere. Peekaboo. See, I heard him again. Shh, shut the fuck up. I hear him. Peekaboo. I'll find him. Give me that bat. Uh, damn it, Peekaboo. What? I shouldn't have talked over him. I know what I'll do. <laughs> so <laughs> the next season he signs with a semi-pro baseball team in, I'll probably say this wrong, and I'll get a bunch of things, Keokuk, Iowa. Sure. And people loved baseball in Keokuk. Quote, baseball okay. was a great craze. A key cook at that time, and the members of the crack home team were vertifiable heroes. And Harry is the biggest star on the team. So, okay. In this town, which I'm assuming is just not that big, but he sure. is king shit. Right. He's a catcher. Catchers are the king shit at the time. They are like folk heroes because the position is fucking brutal. Broken fingers. Because- Broken. F- they have. Okay. They wear. There's no mask. There's no pads. There's using no the, mask. Well, using then the- say no more, Dave. Say no more. I mean, that is a very dangerous position. They're using their hands to catch the ball. There's no gloves. They're using their bare. Okay, so I'm sorry. I. Okay, so they are just taking like probably 80 mile an hour, roughly balls thrown directly into their bare hands with no masks. And these are super, super hard rubber balls. It's just solid, hard rubber. Oh, my God. And there's no tons cup. Of, I mean, the whole no thing cup. is you basically just like you, you turn the catcher into like a, you know, like, uh, I mean, pillows and cages is what a catcher is basically yeah. wearing. And, and, you know, catchers would stand 20 feet behind the plate. Like they I would have right. stood in the parking lot. <laughs> So there's tons of concussions. There's broken noses. There's, you know, sure. eyes are destroyed. Anything sure. a hardball could do. And, but Harry has skill. Okay. So he's kinkshin in the town. He is also a ladies' man. And okay. I think they call him Madonna, so I would assume he's attractive. And, yeah, uh, he's probably got a... And then he falls for a 15-year-old girl in town. Boy, we sure hear that statement a lot on this show, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> sure seems to just be I mean real regular time when it was just fine. It's bad, but it's not I mean he is he is he's twenty, I think, maybe nineteen, so it's not terrible. It's the, I mean, yes, it's not as bad as some I mean it it's but it's I mean, obviously creepy. Yeah. So they're really into each other. Her name's uh, Angelina Annie Burn her nickname's Annie. And soon, pretty pretty quickly she gets pregnant. Oh good. They, good, good, good. They get married on July 16th, 1885. His friends are like, there's no way this is going to last at all. Okay. And now it's very hard to keep teams does together. He, does he, when the baby is delivered, does he sort of stand like in this catcher's stance, like five feet away from her? Yeah. Gives a little signal. 
Give and me the curve, baby. Out, out the baby comes. <laughs> hey! Breaks his, breaks his uh, finger. It's a boy! <laughs> <laughs> so at this time, it's really hard to keep teams together because there's so much competition. Like I said, every organization, every club, like everybody has a baseball team, so they're all trying to right. get players. And uh, the Keokuk team breaks up. So Harry then signs up with the uh, uh, Decatur, Illinois team. Is it Decatur? I think it is, yeah. Yeah, Decatur, Illinois. Uh, in the spring of 1886, Harry and Annie have a baby girl. And then surprisingly, it's girl! surprisingly to every single human being, he, it's a calming influence on him. He becomes a doting father and a good husband. Okay. And it's okay. like, you know, it's that thing that everybody wants, you know, with the dream, the magic dream of that guy will settle right. down. Right, right. So, so after that season ends, he's taken off the blacklist from the Major League Pro teams, and he signs for a Major League team in Macon, Georgia. Again, he, he fawns over his daughter so much that they have a big ceremony at one game, and he's given a baby carriage by locals. Like, he's known as the dad who loves his daughter. Okay. I, like, I love that, by the way. We found a real weirdo who cares about his daughter. <laughs> Give him a baby carriage, ironically. That'll teach him. Got to award, award this guy, because most everybody like to take their daughters down to the river to beat them on the and rocks, throw them in. get this. He sticks around. I tell, you, I tell you what, I first saw him, and it was clear he loved his daughter. I was just laughing at him and making fun of him. And then I was like, well, that's that's actually not that bad that a man would enjoy his daughter. It's Oh, you don't know. what well, He's disgusted. Yeah, Loving a daughter. Now I've heard everything. It's really weird. So Harry also becomes a better player. Other teams want to sign him. Detroit <laughs> makes an offer, but the Macon team is like, no, he's too good. We're not selling him. Because at this point... We signed catchers... him to a six-carriage deal. <laughs> at this point, catchers are literally the baseball team. Because of the rules, if you didn't have a good catcher... You lose. If you okay. have a good catcher, you win. And right. when I go through the it's, episode, I'll explain why. Okay. But it's just okay. the way the rules were. And <laughs> okay. so they're like the gods of the game. Okay. It, it's just all about the catcher. So after two months of Detroit just hounding Macon, Macon gives in and sells Harry to Detroit. Okay. First game, he impresses everybody. Detroit's got a really good team. It spent a lot of money on good players. You know, it's sort of a, a dynasty, like a, a Yankees situation, right, okay. that we would think of today. And Okay, so he's on a really good team, and they're just rolling over other teams. By the end of July, okay. they have a 55-14 and 14 record. Wow. And on the way to a game, Harry is switching trains in Illinois, and other players are too. And players are just walking up to him and congratulating him on his good fortune. Like he, everything's turned around for Harry. They're like, your life's amazing now. You're on this amazing team. Can't believe you love your daughter and stuck around. That is It's wild. super weird, man. We don't, we talk it's, about it all the time. Like that guy loves his daughter. It's a freak show. It's really. Like whatever. Yeah, Congratulations. Yeah, Congratulations. It's, it's just, you're an oddball, but yeah. Strange. But then by August, the wheels come off and Detroit falls apart and they're just losing. Players are being sold. Harry was then bought by uh, the Washington uh, Senator team, and they're a terrible team. 
So uh-huh. in two months... Well, I mean, the senators in Washington are always <laughs> terrible. <laughs> so in two months, he goes from uh, being on this amazing team to being in the worst team with a 15-75 and 75 record. And then on yeah. top of that, they're not playing him. So he's frustrated, he's bored, and then that turns to the old pre-married Harry going out and having good times. Uh-oh. Okay. So... Okay, so it's a balance he's got, and now we're taking one of the Jenga blocks away, and we're wobbling. Everything falls apart. Right. So near the end of the season, his manager was sent several telegrams that warned him a a lot of betting was happening on a game when they were going to play Kansas City. Were they singing telegrams? No, they were. that would be amazing. Like, that should be Uh, like a... uh, Hey well, boss! Let's... Hey boss! There's a there's a panda out here. Hi, uh, I just wanted to give you some news. Yeah, You're the coach. That? Yeah, I'm manager. Okay, of the team. well, all right. Well, um, <clears throat> I hope that you don't make me go. But the game, some of your players will throw. They don't wanna help you out. They're gonna do it in the dugout. If that exists, not sure it does, but I just wanted to let you know the way it was. The guys got a plan and they lied to you, and that's why the panda bear will do the panda dance. Dishonesty, it's a panda. One, two, three. You're a little confused about what I'm doing. I'm yeah. just telling you the players will ruin the season if you're not careful. So I've just got to tell you that it's me. The singing panda with bad news. Woo! Son of you. Don't be afraid to tip. Son, have you considered not having a a horribly embarrassing job? Well, I met a guy. He was rude. His first name was (laughs) Peekaboo. He told me he'd help me out. But in the end, I have a lot of problems. Yeah, why are you a panda? Well, I bought the suit. It was pretty cheap. And the benefits I will reap. It's just me, a panda bear. This fucking life is so unfair. <laughs> all right, all right, go ahead. Yeah, thanks for the, yeah, that was really great. Could you get out of here? It's really upsetting the team at this point. I it's understand. Not. The guys look weird and kind of sad. Makes Mr. Panda feel pretty bad. I'll go this way, say goodbye. But once I leave the room, boy, oh, boy, boy, am I going to cry. <laughs> okay. All right, I just want the panda gone. Could you, boys, could you get the panda out of here? I don't want. I can take my genitals out through the suit. Okay, all right. Let's have him all stay. Right. Get him in the middle Zan. of the locker room. Let's see this. Wait. Turn on some music, boys. We got uh, a show. No, this, no, you boys not a party. <laughs> all right, so <laughs> so he starts to get a bunch of telegrams saying that there's going to be betting, a lot of betting on this game, and okay. specifically not to use the pitching-catching combo of Frank Gilmore and Connie Mack, which are the two main guys Okay. But the manager is getting so many of these that he he starts to think the gamblers are just trying to get him to sit those it's two It's a telescam. Yeah. So that Harry would play, and so he's all suspicious. So he sticks with Gilmore and Mac, 
Harry plays shortstop in that game. Okay. And then Gilmore pitches a one-hit shutout, but Harry makes three errors and is thrown out at home plate. Okay. He did get two hits, but it's a bad look for, for the information so, that came through. So, so they're so now they're sort of like they think that the telegrams were fake and that Harry's probably related in some sort of conspiracy or something. They they now they're thinking well, the coach He's was the thrower. Right. The coach right, was right, right. that okay. they, right. he shouldn't have had Harry play catcher. So there's a lot of scrutiny after the game on the players' performances. Obviously, Harry sticks out. People right. think he tried to throw the game. After the season, the suspicion increases, and Harry's thinking the team's going to cut him. So he goes and he begs them to keep him. He said he didn't play well because his wife was sick. It wasn't about throwing the game. He just It was a bad day. Mm-hmm. Now, other teams know there's a situation developing here, so they start making offers. Okay. So at, at, before this season, the next season is supposed to start, Washington, Rochester, and Toronto all make offers. Okay. Each, each also, the players would get advances on their salaries, so they'd be like, okay, so $2,000 advance or whatever. Right. So each team offers an advance, and so Harry takes all three advances. Sure. And that's uh, how it's uh, done today, yes? <laughs> no. It turns out he's actually going to side with all four of the teams interested in him. <laughs> Puzzling move. Not sure how he's going to pull this off, but what a deal for Harry. <laughs> Just... So... <laughs> Peyton Manning, now a Denver Bronco, a San Francisco 49er, a Chicago Bear, and a Tennessee Titan. Unbelievable. Can't wait to see what that jersey looks like. It's going to look like uh, the that quilt they all made once. I don't now, remember what it was. No, obviously he can take all the advances, but that's going to catch up to him when the season starts. He right? can take all the advances? Yeah, why not? Oh, They're right, yeah, right, yes. Okay, he, yes, right, yes. Right now, it may, yes, right. Lo- there is a long-term problem, though. Yes, there is a long-term problem. Because <laughs> there's going to be a day when they have to play. <laughs> yes, and when they all think right. he's going to show up to play. Exactly, yes. Okay, good. Same page. Harry doesn't seem to care. Sure. And it's also like, it's not just that, it's that everyone's going to know immediately. Like, all the fans and all yes. the sports writers and everyone will immediately know what he's done. So, he doesn't seem to care. <laughs> And he takes two wow. checks. He takes two checks to one bank to what? cash them. So he goes to the same banker and is like, "Hey, I want to cash these two advance checks." And one's like from Rochester, and they're from Toronto, or whatever. And that banker, it turns out, had once been the director of the Washington Senators baseball club. My lord. Okay. So that very immediately put an end to his amazing plan of cashing the advance checks. Just, I mean, the, it's amazing because he's like, God, I would just love to do two trips instead of four. <laughs> he he seriously, he couldn't even go to two <laughs> yeah. different banks. Yeah. I mean, it, or just two tellers. Go to four <laughs> different tellers. Go four different days to the same bank. So Harry's response is to create an alias, Cal Broughton. Now, this is this is a this is one of those plans that is only good for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> You're creating a fake person. Well, so so catchers were so desperately needed at this time that we don't even care if he's real. Well, p- kids 
young kids and people, they're mostly young, young teenagers and stuff or, or, you know, teens. They would just write a letter to like the Boston, uh, red stockings and be like, Hey, I'm a catcher. I'm really good. And they're so desperate. They, they'd be like, we'll give you a shot. And so sometimes kids would just come in and play one game and having written this stuff about how great they are and played the worst game anyone's ever seen. And then be on a train back home to Iowa or wherever. Hey, I would love to take a shot at being your catcher. <laughs> it's, um, you know who I am, right? Do you remember but, me? No, no, I no, I don't. Oh, uh, I was singing the telegrams for the team a little while ago. Oh, yeah, that's no, the that singing banner. You were the guy who took out your genitals in the uh, locker yeah, room. Yeah, yeah, yep. Uh, but don't worry, I sewed that up. I'm really sorry about all that. That was a little crazy. But um, I'd love a shot with the team. I'd love to try out in the panda outfit. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, we don't actually. Uh, pandas on the pandas in baseball don't. Give no me a shot to try to catch your team and me is most likely a match. Yeah, there's an old saying. There's no pandas in baseball. Uh, there's another old saying. What? I'm dying for food. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing was, is if you're like a baseball president or whatever and and some guy writes and says hey i want to play for your team and you turn him down and then he does go play for another team and he's good well then you people are so desperate for catchers the fans are like what the fuck did you do yeah and you're like no no don't worry literally anyone who asks can catch (laughs) our plans no it's not a crazy plan we can't evaluate these guys get them out here so so that's what he does um it's not that crazy that he pretended to be someone else. Soon, Cal Broughton gets sent to check, as <laughs> as did Harry's other new catcher, alias David Oldfield. David Oldfield? Yeah. Uh-huh. I and mean, so, how long until Peekaboo Beach is getting a check? <laughs> <laughs> so a man, and I, I don't know exactly how this worked. Like, the team must have hired someone. But a, a guy is sent to the addresses that were given and and somehow the I think he, was, he I think he wrote to the same team and got both the same team to send a check to send checks to Her- these two guys uh, oh <laughs> wow I mean the it's, it's there's a bit of laziness going on oh no the, he's so brazen that it's like is there something wrong with his brain like it's it's right. so like it's so like who gives a fuck um, right. So so they send a guy because the addresses are the same and it's just a vacant lot <laughs> where the checks are okay. supposed to go. And then he sees okay. and then he sees Harry, quote, walking up and down the street waiting for the mail carrier. Uh-huh. Cool. <laughs> so this is before Harry knew what suspicion was or I mean, just walking, waiting for the mail while they're like, this is okay. And where would you put the mail in a vacant lot? I guess that's where well, he comes in. He comes over. He's like, Hey, 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 you got a, you got mail for this address. <laughs> yeah, that's me. I live, no, and no, I live in this dirt. It's not a I live scam. In the dirt. What, why would it be a scam? It's just kind of weird that you live in a dirt lot. I mean, <laughs> where, where do you sleep? There's nothing here. It's a vacant, completely vacant lot. Hey, my dad was a mole. Oh, don't make fun mm. of my people. Okay. 
Well, here's your check. Thank you. See you later, mole boy. Uh, so he's exposed. His scam hits the press. It's revealed he had already pulled it off on a Denver team as catcher oh. Jack Hayes. So he's already got money from the Denver team <laughs> as Jack Hayes. And then what does he do? Does he just sign the checks over to himself? That, that's what he does, right? Yeah, I think so. I think it's really easy okay. to do that. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure back then it was just like, you swear to God that's your name? Here's yeah. your money, friend. Uh, so he... It, he just is insistent that he's innocent. He's just like, no, I didn't do anything. A Rochester player confronts him, and Harry said, quote, uh, he'd been blacklisted once and did not want to run any chance of again being blacklisted. And what? So then don't invent six guys you are. Yeah. So he's, and so he's like, why would I sign two contracts if I didn't want to be blacklisted? But that's exactly what he had done. I love those excuses. Those are those are the best. When someone has done something so crazy, and then they're just like, I mean, how would I kill my parents? Think of how crazy that is. You're like, well, <laughs> yeah, but there's so much evidence. That's just a weird thing to say. But would I not want to have parents? I mean, think about that. It would be so crazy for me to do that. I mean, honestly, think about how crazy that would be. <laughs> I would ruin my life. <laughs> so... He's admitting he knew he would be blacklisted again if he did it. I mean, by, by saying that, he's admitting he knew what the consequences would be. Yes. So he starts, he starts sending letters to sports editors, uh, giving completely bananas explanations. <laughs> At one point, he claims E.H. Decker and E.N. Decker are different people. Uh-huh. Sure. Quote. He never did play with the Washingtons and at the same time that he did play with the Detroit. So he's just literally like it's like a puzzle that doesn't make sense that he's trying to wrap an explanation around to get out of it. There's no getting out of it. So his explanations are crazier than the actual crime. And are people I mean, are people buying it? No one. No one's buying it. No, so ev- it, that is the best too. When someone's, everyone knows someone's lying, and they're just doubling down on oh, the lies. Yeah, and yeah, uh-huh. his reputation's <laughs> in shambles. Yeah, I bet. But remember, he's a catcher. He's a catcher. It's the. It's like if you don't have a good catcher, you don't win a baseball game. It's that. But it's what about the, having a catcher who invents aliases constantly to get paid? That's. But there's there's like there's like four teams that have there's like four catchers and they just keep shifting around teams desperate and a team will be at the top of the league and then the catcher will move to the other team the next year and they'll be the worst team in the league like it's just it's crazy okay okay right so he's a catcher they're basically the team so Toronto buys Harry from the Washington Senators and he played in Toronto for two years okay. And he played really well. They won the pennant in 1887. And this is a minor, this is a very top minor league team. And in 1888, they come in second and Harry's second and hitting on the team. He's not getting into any trouble. Everything seems fine again. Mm -hmm. Sure. Now, Harry already wore a chest protectors had started coming around as had masks. So those two, those were two things. Were there a lot of people who were like, I'm not going to wear this mask. It's mind control. Yeah. People had a lot of problems accepting the chest protector and the catcher. The Uh first time Harry put on a chest protector, a sports reporter wrote it was, quote, a contrivance that likened him to a muffin maker. 
Uh, I mean, what, like, there's just some times on this show where you cannot relate to the things people are saying. And, <laughs> like, what, is, what, what the fuck is he talking about? You know, muffin makers. They got to protect their chests. He's saying he looks like a, an, he looks like he has an apron on. I mean, you're essentially saying. Oh, okay. Like, if, uh, these guys are like the John Waynes of the country. And sure. uh, catchers are just the ultimate guy. And so they're like, oh, look at this guy. It's like he's making pizzas. Like, it's like. Hey, this guy cares about his chest. <laughs> <laughs> what a puss. Well, so they caught the ball with their fingers. The really good ones would catch, oh. the, ball, catch the balls with their fingers. And they would kind of just stand slightly askew to the plate. So now they could just sit behind the plate and let the ball bounce off their chest. So it's a whole different... It is truly a different thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So people are mad about that. And catchers, they use gloves, but they're not the gloves we can think of. It, it's they're just oven like, mitts. I mean, he's really just dressed like a muffin maker. <laughs> he's got a little chef's hat on. He's got flour on his goddamn cheeks. So, oh my God! He threw a muffin back to the pitcher. <laughs> this is literally a muffin maker. So the gloves they wore were the same gloves you would wear if you went to New York and put gloves on. They're leather gloves, but they would just cut the fingers off. So it didn't do shit. Right, right. They're driving gloves. <laughs> Essentially, they look like driving gloves. That's right. Yeah. They didn't do much. They don't really stop pain. So in 1888. Toronto's backup catcher's hands were badly, quote, swelled and bunged. Oh, oh man, I hate when my hand gets all bunged. It's <laughs> nothing worse. Hey, I coach. got a bunged thumb. Hey, coach, my hands are pretty bunged. Can I sit this one out? Uh, I don't know. We got a bunch of players who got bungy hands, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you look pretty bunged up. Well, sure. Uh, yeah, okay. They're really bunged. I'm just saying. They're bungy. They're, they're very bunged. Medically speaking, you've got bung paws. <laughs> okay? So Harry looks at this guy's hands, and he said he needed, quote, a mattress made in the style of a glove. And then he starts just walking around, picking up stuff in the locker room, and putting it together to make a big glove. So he's doing what, like, a bird would do for its nest to his catcher's myth? <laughs> yes. Not enough for him, for his, for his uh, team. Oh, for his bunged up buddy. Right. Yeah, his bunged buddy. Here he goes, some gum, some twine, a couple leaves. That's pretty nice. Well, he's joking, and he's walking around doing it. But as he's okay. doing it and joking around, it starts to be like, oh, this might actually work. <laughs> That's amazing. That's how a catcher's mitt got made. Kinda. Some guy sarcastically going like, yeah, well, what do you, why don't we take this little glove right here? And let's put some things on it. Oh, how about this little piece of felt? We'll put that there. <laughs> right, well, well, let's put a shirt in there. huh? How about some of these socks? Hey, a little bit of chalk. I'll tell you what, I'm joking, but this thing's starting to look pretty goddamn appealing. <laughs> <laughs> so when he was done, all the players realized this was actually a thing that could work. I mean, imagine wearing something like this. That's fantastic. <laughs> now, others claim that they made the first catcher's mitt, and probably more than one guy came up with the idea at the same time, the big mitt. Sure. Yeah. But it's, well, it's so many obvious, hands were getting bunged. Yeah, it's an obvious change with all the bunging that's going on. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's bunged up. But the catcher's mitt. And does on, the catcher's mitt have a bung hole in it? It's got a bunch, like yeah, a little, it's got a, yeah, I mean, it catches little, and also sends it out. It's a, uh, right, too. got it. So it's, right. 
<clears throat> so he uh, it catches on pretty quick. It, it, people just take to it. It catch it catches. Of course, it catches on. Dave. It's a catcher. <laughs> it's a comedy. I did comedy. Uh, all right, settle down. Get out of the winner's circle. Um. Pretty soon, almost every catcher is using one. Now, Harry has long Bung been considered... rates are dropping! <laughs> Harry, Harry's long been considered by many to be the inventor. Sporting Life would always say he invented it. Uh, correspondent R.M. Larner praised Decker's inventive genius and referred to the mitt as his improved catcher's glove or lace glove, which is now so popular with the leading catchers of the country. Now, Harry is... Never has sarcasm been so useful. <laughs> Harry is still in his early 20s. Wow, okay. Most catchers were. Most catchers didn't make it past their early 20s. You just couldn't yeah, do sure. the job. Of, yeah, of course. You, you had to be really skilled at catching the ball without letting it hit your hand. And hard. healing. And yes. healing. And healing. Yeah, so it's just not a position that leads to, leads to a long-term career, but he's good but still not back in the major leagues. And then the catcher's position goes from being incredibly important to a lot less so because all the equipment changes. Yeah, right, yeah. So, now everyone looks like a goddamn muffin maker. Right, and they go from being like the people see them as courageous warriors playing with no protection to guys with chest guards, masks, and mitts, and suddenly they're right. not manly or heroic mm-hmm. And people started calling them mere backstops. So they're like, oh, that guy's like the wooden thing back there. There's no fucking difference anymore. I remember when they used to catch it and have their eyeballs pop out. But now, right. Right. Uh, now the guy isn't breaking his nose. Now he's just like, I got the ball. Like, it's just bullshit. It, it is a really amazing how the, like, the, the crossover between, you know, what the competitive nature of sports is and just the inherent... Uh, how, how much people just want to see injuries like that's still that's still so much what we watch yeah. in sports and yeah you uh, like they do emasculate or you know denigrate people who they're like oh it's getting too soft you can't hit him with the helmet anymore yeah i mean i know the players are shooting themselves in the chest but this is monday <laughs> night football <laughs> Well, that, yeah, I mean, that's a great example. Like, everybody knows players should not be wearing helmets and probably take off the pads. Like, yeah. the, the game would, people would be getting hurt a lot less. So it's yeah. the same deal, right? So yeah. the Philadelphia Phillies offered Harry a return to the major leagues. Actually, they, I think at this time they're called the Quakers, the Philadelphia Quakers. But the next year they, okay. they, they switched to the Phillies. So they offer Harry a return to the major leagues in 1889. He's having marriage problems because he's just enjoying all the ladies on the road. His sure. parents tried to talk him into leaving baseball, getting a normal job to live a normal husband father life. Right. So between the eighteen eighty eight season and the eighteen eighty nine season, he works as a porter for a Chicago grocer. His dad okay. probably got him the job with his connection. What, what is? It? I don't know what a porter is. What's a porter? I think it's just like a. It's like a kind of like a go to guy. Like he's just like. Uh, maybe delivering and doing other stuff like that. Uh, okay. Okay. All right. Gotcha. So he also at this time goes into business with a guy named Paul Buckley to manufacture the catcher's mitt that Harry invented. Okay. Now he, he had filed for a patent and they're waiting on the application to be approved to begin producing. 
The editor of Sporting Life wrote, Harry's patent, quote, is sure to be profitable since the glove is bound to come into universal use and further improvement seems impossible. So he, <laughs> I mean, they're really saying like he is going, he has created one of the integral things in yeah. baseball and it's rich as shit. Basically, every kid's going to have right. one. It's just some players already were making good money selling baseball equipment and Harry would have a patent on this standard piece of equipment. He's going to be fucking rich. Right. But he doesn't seem to give a shit. Hmm. Interesting. He didn't pay minor fees that were related to the patent application. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. But then, in Philadelphia, he comes up with another invention. Hmm. An improved turnstile. Okay. Investors are immediately like, this is amazing, including the co-owner of the Phillies. Players are impressed. Players are like, oh, this guy, this guy's made it. Rich baseball guys are everyone's impressed. But then it's revealed that Harry had just taken one of the turnstiles that the Phillies already used and filed the inventor's name off and put his name on. <laughs> oh my God. This is getting egregious. I mean, this is now very... Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, this guy's... Got, I mean, this is... There's a lot of criminal behavior going on behind the scenes of this genius. People for years would still say he invented the turnstile, though. Like, somehow it just uh, caught on. So, Harry's life takes a horrific turn when his, his daughter dies at two. Uh, uh so, so now he's also at the same time he's trying to get this business baseball mitt thing going while playing right. baseball. It's all really too much. So he bails on the partnership with Paul Buckley. He's just like I'm out of the baseball mitt thing. Wow. Three months later, the patent comes through and he just sells it to Spalding's Sporting Goods Company. Uh, well, Dave, no one's ever heard of them either. <laughs> I mean, for people who don't know, that is like literally who I was thinking of when I think of like baseball equipment. Yeah. Ball. I mean, are they, they're the biggest ones, probably, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Or okay. Raleigh, so he just yeah. sells them the catcher's mitt technology. And they start making Decker's patent and glove. So his fucking name is on it. His name is and he's on got it. Not, oh, my God. It's sold for years. Catcher's mitts were sometimes just called Decker's. Yeah. <laughs> and he's making no fucking money. Okay. Smart. So he's savvy. (laughs) He ends up playing two years in Philly. Over that time, he sees less and less playing time. In 1890, he was traded to Pittsburgh. And for the first time in the majors, he became a regular starter. Now, that a lot of that was because a third league, again, tried to tried to form. So more catches are needed. There's another catcher drought. But he would he would later say his most notable moment in Pittsburgh was when a pitcher hit him in the head with a ball, with a pitch. Okay. I was hoping it'd be with a ball. No idea if things these things are related, but things went rapidly downhill at this point. Oh, wow. Really? Okay. The third league folded, which meant fewer catchers. So he ended up being – he's out of the majors. He switches okay. to a minor league team, the New Haven Nutmegs. Oh, well, Dave, they don't sound like they're a step down. I mean, that's a... <laughs> Come on. 
We're playing the Cincinnati Cinnamons <laughs> in the eggnog doubleheader. He still has a reputation as a ladies' man. Sports reporter O.P. Uh, Kaler, quote, Someone suggests that the New Haven girls will give Harry Decker a rousing reception. Probably, but that's not the vital question. What will Harry give the New Haven girls? Harry is Excuse very generous. Me? Excuse me, Mr. Pervy Reporter? What are you talking about? <laughs> what will he give him? Oh, boy. Harry is very generous, you know, and when he meets a few girls who believe in reciprocity without protection, there is likely to be an I'm increase sorry. of commerce. I'm sorry. Well, uh, Baby, I'm, he's talking about fucking without condoms, bro. He's yeah, about, he's talking about... He said I mean, yeah, every, so he's... He said so everything but do anal. He yeah, this reporter's story is crazy. Yeah, it, boy, it, do the women love Harry, and boy, does he love unprotected sex and <laughs> ejaculating inside those women when they're ovulating. <laughs> Get ready, everybody! Get those catcher's mitts out. There's going to be a lot of little Harrys wandering around. <laughs> boy, this guy can shoot them. Today's headline coming in the girls. That's a Harry Decker story. <laughs> it's called a double decker. But before the season even started, the Philadelphia cops came and arrested Harry for several crimes he had committed in Philadelphia. I won't hear of this. Uh, one was the seduction of an underage girl. Well, that she, sounds pretty right. She had been working at the Mitt Company. He had also stolen clothes. Can you imagine how sad his pickup line is at the Mitt Company? Like, he's, <laughs> he didn't do shit. You know, uh, I came up with all this shit. Excuse me? I'm Decker. Oh, so you, oh, yeah. so you work for Spalding? Uh, not, um, not really. I mean, I, uh, <laughs> I sold the idea for pennies. Oh, that's pretty foolish. Well, no, but then, um, then, uh, well, then I got hit with a ball in the head. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm super horny. What? Uh, excuse me? <laughs> oh shit! Cops here! Cops here! Act cool! Act cool! Act cool! Act cool! He also stole clothes from his ex roommate. And forged the names of the owners of the Phillies on uh, some checks. <laughs> on some checks? Yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. Most of why the victims... Not, why, I mean, why, why did you sell the patent, dude? Oh, God. Why, I, I mean, just... You, you had it. Yeah, he had it. You he had, had it. it. He absolutely had it. The one thing this guy couldn't catch was a break. Uh... So a lot of the a lot of the people just took restitution, and this, that probably came from his father. Harry still denies yeah. all of it, saying he was actually the victim of people trying to cheat him out of his. Invention. I was underage when she was hitting on me, <laughs> Harry. You're almost thirty. Oh, yeah. I took pills, and I got older when she got younger. Yeah. So no more questions. Hey, look, an open window, Harry. Harry, I can fly, Harry. <laughs> Oh, he really bunged his head up. <laughs> so uh, most uh, most of the charges were quietly dealt with and went away, but the forged checks and stolen clothes went to trial. Sure. He, he doesn't matter about the underage. Right. Don't worry yeah. about that. He pleaded guilty. He was let out after pleading guilty. They didn't give him any uh, time in jail. <laughs> okay. And, and he files for divorce, but then immediately comes back. Baby, I'm sorry. Okay. Oh, thank God. You get it. That was something. 
Yeah, yeah, I love you. You really, we, we really, you don't hold it. a grudge, do you? We really made it through that hard time. No, I have, I have hamster brain, so I don't. Oh, think of hold stuff. on, hold on, sweetie, sweetie. Yeah, Sh- shut up, yeah. shut up. Would you look at her? Ooh la la. Who I'm gonna you? go out and get some milk. Don't worry Who? about it. Who I want you? a divorce. I'm in love with this girl on the street. You'll look. You'll find someone. I'm uh, moving on. Hi. Hey, it's me again. Uh. So uh, she's dating someone. I, I love you, baby. Take I me love back. You. Okay. Oh, thank you. Yes. Oh, hello, lover. Uh, <laughs> who are you? Uh, it's Harry. Harry, baby. It's Harry. Look, it's Harry. <laughs> Let's open this window. Hi. Who the hell is that? Oh my lord, she's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, no. Oh, sorry. I didn't realize you were. Are you hearing me talk about her? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna go try to marry her. I'm so glad. That's good for you. Okay. You should be happy. Uh, I will be happy. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, good luck with everything. I hope you land on your feet. Whew. God, she's gorgeous. Hey, honey, it's me. Hi. Hey, look, I had a four-month relationship with her, but it uh, didn't work out. I, I just, I'm so sorry. What? Huh? Oh, right. God, this is super crazy. What an awesome situation this is. It's <laughs> just so fantastic for me. All right. Well, look, I'm going to leave for a couple months and date a bunch of girls, okay? Okay. All right. And then I'll come back. And we're still going to be fine. Hi. I haven't left yet, but hi. Yeah. Uh, hello again. Sure. So you're, I love you. I love you. Oh, you are empty headed. Mm. <laughs> hi. Okay. Just sort of noticing the head wound in the back of your head here. Yeah, I played baseball Connect. once. Okay, it's really bunged up. All gummy. <laughs> Speaking of bung. Uh, <laughs> oh, honey. <laughs> he was... Uh, so, he, <laughs> so he gets out. She comes back. He's immediately arrested again in June for forging checks to a tailor. Sure, to a tailor. A nutmeg teammate loaned him money and let him stay at his house, and then Harry just stole from the guy. I like to call him nutmates. I like to call him nutmates. Wait, he stayed with him and he stole from him? Yeah, yeah, he just steals from him. Sure. A girl said he promised to marry her, and he denied all these new accusations and called himself a victim. Quote, Baby, they made it all up. I would never do that to you. This girl (laughs) is lying, baby. (laughs) Quote, I think I am a most unfortunate man. It seems to me that if I merely look at a girl, she fancies me so much that a breach of promise suit is the result. I never flattered myself that I was invincible, but I am gradually arriving at that conclusion from the force of events. I'm sorry. How are you walking away from this being like, I'm invincible? (laughs) I have no fucking clue. You're like, how is that your takeaway? You're very invincible. Very invincible. So he writes his sports papers again, blaming his problems on people. <laughs> the sports who- papers like this guy is so full of shit. <laughs> so he's blaming on his problems on people who are, quote, trying to push me down. The new charges are dropped. It seems his dad had once again paid off the victims. Harry's now not at all wanted by baseball teams. Okay. New Haven lets him go in mid-June. Reporters wrote, he, this guy's never going to play again. So he moves uh-huh. back to Philadelphia. And he has to get a job selling uh, sewing machines. Okay. But he didn't really work. Like, he had the job, but he would just go play. He learned how to play billiards and just spent all his days playing pool. 
Okay. So it feels like he's not much of a sewing machine salesman. No, because he was he wanted to learn how to, you know, hustle people at pool. Sure. And sure. then and then he wrote more bad checks and Good Lord. Once again, started writing baseball teams using aliases, saying he was God a very damn. good catcher, and Jesus. asking for signing advances to play for the team. Boy, Harry. Teams, some teams went for it. Again, the checks were sent to a vacant lot. Uh, this guy lives at 000 Nothing Lane. What's his <laughs> name? Uh, not a Harry. Well, that sounds legit. It says to just send the check to a hill. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Just address it to Hill. Does it say the city? The post office will figure it out. Don't worry about them. So he, he everyone's on to him. He realizes he's going to get arrested again. He flees Philadelphia. Somehow, hey. somehow Annie and Harry are still together. Wow. And they move in with her parents in Chicago. And while he's Can you imagine the parents? They're probably like, boy, it's really good to have you here, Harry. You've really uh, been great to our daughter. Thanks for everything. <laughs> So while he's living in this situation, he attempts to marry another woman using the name Milton Decker. I mean, that's just... (laughs) I'm Harry's brother, Milton. I mean, he's living like... His whole life is like a sitcom plot. I mean, yeah, it's really just like moment to moment, whatever I'm doing in the moment. That's yeah, what I'm do. like the decision making of a shark, essentially. Yeah, He's there's there's like, no I'll like this. There's no like I could get caught. There's none and of there's that. There's no plan. There's nothing. no conscience. Yeah, nothing. Just so. And, and look, he was a catcher. So this guy could have been taking ball after ball off the head. Like this could just be terrible CTE. Right. Right. Like, right. 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 Yeah. So. Uh, so, right. So he tries to marry this girl. He doesn't marry her because someone figures it out and he is, um, charged with bigamy. Okay. And more, I guess it was pretty bigamy when you think about it (laughs) and more forgery and larceny charges are, uh, Uh come. Sure. Like, like you said, he's not even trying to hide his crimes. Quote. Yeah. This is someone who was around. Quote, Decker's hallucination is that he owns the city of Chicago. He's in the habit of entering saloons and ordering wine for everybody present and then walking out with the belief that the place belonged to him and he could give away his own wares if he saw fit. That, I mean, uh, that is obviously, I mean, (laughs) it's a great move. Yeah. I mean, that is, I, I've never actually even really thought about that, you know. Oh, I've got some great news. I bought everyone here a shot. Hey, where's that guy? But I think, yeah, you know, there, there might be some CT, but it does really track with, like, his early life before he played baseball yes. as well in the sense that he's kind of spoiled. He makes impulsive decisions, and then when he can't survive them, he <laughs> comes up with the simplest solution that will benefit him the fastest. Yeah, I... I- I think it's a combination of whatever was going on before. Like he came in with some of this, but then yeah. there's also some there's also some brain hit. He's got know? what we call bung brain. <laughs> so, so a, a judge has him has him examined, and he's declared insane and sent to an asylum. Oh wow! Okay, but a month later, the asylum s- declares him cured and releases him. Yeah, we fixed him. wasn't that hard either. A local paper, quote, the prosecutor believed Decker insane 
but if the Elgin Asylum managers persisted in turning him loose, he didn't know what he could do with the man. So the prosecutor's like, I, I have to charge him? He's clearly insane, but I have to, I got to do something. It's, it's, someone said he had three more insane events, whatever that means. He probably had some sort of mental breaks before okay. he went to trial. And that's right. obviously being followed by the courts. His parents then come into the picture and oh say they will keep him in the asylum until he's cured. So okay. he goes back in. Okay. But the asylum takes one look at him, and they're like, he's fine, and they let him go. What, what's going on at this asylum? Like, I don't and we know. really do more of a beauty examination. <laughs> it's kind of like Miss America. His talent was unbelievable. I've never seen a guy take a ball off the chest so easily. <laughs> So he gets out. He's very, very quickly arrested for stealing a horse. Uh, sure, also of course. Renting, renting a bike and then keeping it, and then a bunch of forgery. Uh-huh. Okay. Wow. Okay. So it's a pattern, a very strong pattern. He acts as his own, his own attorney for one charge. Always, and he, and Dave, always the best. He gets off, uh, but then more charges are always coming. He had paid rent by writing two bad checks, and when he got out on bail, he forged A.G. Spaulding's name on a check. So the oh, biggest, okay. the now, biggest sports this, equipment. This, this, this one, I get. This is like <laughs> the angle you should have been taking. Like, you should really lament what, that decision you made, but I would understand harnessing some animosity towards Spaulding. Yeah. Take it out of them. So Annie is finally done. I mean, what did I know. I I mean, what was it? She's like, the seat goes down. I'm done. (laughs) It's just like the shit that she stuck around for is incredible. Everything. But again, remember, she was 15, so she's fucking young. But yeah. 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 So by the way, the next guy she dates, she'll be like, Wow. <laughs> it's just so much better. He has a job. Yeah, he's like not. He's like I mean, he's only dating a couple other women. <laughs> so, obviously, things are really, really bad for Harry. Good, um, right? And right. he decides this is the absolute perfect time to get back into no. baseball. <sighs> Honestly, at this point, he should just start making muffins. He hasn't played in five years. Oh, that's good. And what he decided was that he would be the player manager of a team in uh, Decatur, Illinois. Okay. So now, now he's, the reason, he's switching. He's going to the behind the scenes. The reason I say he decided is because there wasn't a team in Decatur. Interesting. And is that a problem for the hiring? <laughs> so is it bad to... He rolls into town. No money. I'm the new manager. Why? I mean, if you're going to fully invent a position, couldn't you give yourself a bigger one? Well, listen, he's got no money. No money at all. And he goes to the local lumber company and gets $800 worth of wood on credit. Great. And then he rented land. And then he built a fence and a grandstand. And then I feel hired... like he was hearing the Field of Dreams voice. And then he hired baseball players. I mean, Dave, does Shoeless Joe walk out of a cornfield? 
And and then he uh, paid a band to play on Sundays uh, for the games. I I how what I, I'm, <laughs> I I just I would love to hear the the mission statement. I mean. It's got to all be with forged checks and and credit. I mean, it's just all. Is he he's starting his own Decatur baseball team that he's going to be player manager of? Yeah, he has. He can't. He loves baseball. He can't play baseball, so he is inventing a baseball team because that's all he wants to do. Right, right. He's going. He's inventing a shell team to hire himself. That's right. So he's just shifting money around. Everyone in town thinks he's fucking loaded. They're like, this is great. We're getting another baseball team. Yeah. This goes on for months, this creation of the baseball team. And then the season starts, and a guy shows up and claims he's the manager. Now, of we- the team that Harry just kind of yes. invented. Okay, so wait. So there's a guy. That's uh, amazing. Uh, for, I mean, for Harry, he- he's like, I, what is real? Wait, I I created a job for myself, and then I hired a different guy to... They hired me, jackass! <laughs> I'm in charge! I'm the manager! You work for me, jackass! No, but I made... You I, what? I made all this. I made it. I literally uh, made you, it up! Like, this is my uh, imagination! I'm your imagination's manager, and we're gonna win the, inven- the invented pennant! <laughs> So this is the crazy thing. Harry just bolts. Interesting. But then everyone realizes there's no money behind it. And he gets to Chicago and he's arrested on forgery charges and brought back. He could have handled this a lot differently. (laughs) This part in particular. So... This is the first time his parents didn't come to bail him out. Okay. And so he's stuck in jail waiting for the trial. And he's tried in a courthouse that his father had built. (sighs) That's tough. Cats in the cradle and the silver. Wait, that's not right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Wait, that whole wrong song. He, uh, He acts as his own attorney. Okay. Now, he's charged... It's one charge. He's charged with forging a name on a check, right? Yeah. But that name isn't on the check. So he argues that I think he took a check and then cashed it under another name. So whatever, like you said before, like he. Right. So he argued the check isn't admissible because he's being charged for forging a check that he didn't write to himself. The court agrees. Yeah. With no check, there's no case, and he's acquitted. Right. Uh, a local reporter, quote, he was acute enough to spell the name incorrectly when he wrote it on the check. But then he's arrested immediately again and charged with fraud and running a con. Right. <laughs> this time, two expensive lawyers are brought in, so it's pretty obvious his parents are back in the picture. Right. And Harry's defense is fantastic. Quote, He did not remember signing the check. He said he was kicked by a horse a number of years ago and has since then had many lapses of memory and done things for which he is not responsible. So he's pleading hoof. (laughs) That's interesting. It's not a lot of people doing that. 
I used to have a buddy, Jesse Aguilar, in uh, in college, and Jesse, uh, he went on to be a teacher, uh, big union guy, but um, Jesse would, we, we would always go out partying, but if we drank tequila, Jesse would start drinking tequila, and he goes, now remember, you guys, I am absolutely not responsible for what happens here on out. Hey, that's just... That's what this reminds me of. Look, right. I got kicked in the head. Anything I do is not my fault. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> God, I, that would be the worst thing to hear someone say. Hey, we're drinking tequila. Remember, I'm not responsible. It's like, no, on the contrary, you certainly are. That is just remember law and all that stuff. That is not how it's going to work. So he's he's found guilty. If you can imagine that that horse, uh, the pleading horse didn't work. And yeah, it's weird. He's given two to 14 years. He's in prison from January 1897 to September 1905. And while there, he becomes, wow. a skilled, he becomes a skilled carpenter. He goes back into his dad's work. He becomes a cabinet maker in prison. He also got a patent on a mitt. Oh, here we a go. New, a new patent after uh-huh. he had talked a guard into filing it for him on the outside. So... He gets out in 1905, and he's like, I'm going to work as a contractor, and he moves to Joliet, Illinois. Okay. But that didn't take very uh, well, and he soon is accused of forgery, and he runs to Chicago, and then he's there very briefly, and then he flees Chicago and goes to Sacramento. Uh, Okay. And in Sacramento, he gets a job as a brass finisher in a rail railway shops. He's working with metals. Okay. He he has a cyst removed that's very that that's very an identifying cyst on his forehead. Oh, I'm sorry. I <laughs> what I was picturing was a sibling. He has a <laughs> he cyst. has a what he's got a, a cyst, cyst that, that will really he has let a everyone, cyst removed. He it's it's a cyst that everyone's like that's Harry Decker. You gotta get okay. that yeah. I thought you said he had a sister moved. I was like, there's another one coming to town? Okay, so he gets a cyst taken off of his head. Yeah. In 1907... This is in, where my ideas came from. <laughs> in 1907, in Los Angeles, Earl H. Davenport began courting Maud McNeil. It was a very fast romance, and they got married. And then he spent her money like crazy. Every well, he uh, sorry, he was spending money like crazy. Every day, he and his lady played slot machines with a big bag of coins. That's because he was now counterfeiting. He had taken his newly learned brass finishing skills and put oh, them God. to use. His coins look incredibly real, but they are extremely light and could be cut with a pocket knife. Wow. So he is soon arrested, and they find God, counterfeiting st- equipment in his boarding room. Stop. Enough. I mean, now, come on. Harry, once again, has an amazing defense. Uh-huh. He said he had been given the counterfeit coins by an anonymous stranger. Yep. There you go. Perfect. Well, he's uh, not traceable, and I don't know what his name is, and I don't know where he lives, and I don't know who he is, and I don't know what he looks like. Uh, just an anonymous stranger, and he gave me a big bag of these coins, and he said, go ahead. If I'm being 100% honest with everyone, I'm pretty sure he's from the future. So, well, this he sounds, is... Uh, he sounds innocent to me. Anybody else? Yep. I think we all would agree he's innocent. Yeah. So, uh, 
And I know I'm saying that as him, but uh, you combine <laughs> that with the kick from the horse and the guy who came to visit me from the future, you can see how easy it is to fall into a situation like this. <laughs> so, Your Honor, I sustain. He, again, had been completely brazen, right? If he, like, his plan was to go and, uh, you know, make all these coins and eventually, whatever, buy property, whatever, something bigger. But he, he started making them and just couldn't help himself, and he had to go start fucking gambling. And it, he made it really obvious. Right. Ruining his own plan. So while in jail, just tons of young female admirers are coming oh, out God. of the woodwork. Quote, they sent him flowers cake and pie until he was obliged to enlist the service of the county jail tailor to enlarge his waistband. What? So We're many- trying to make him really fat. <laughs> by the way, we all got kicked in the horse that he got kicked by. We got kicked in the head by the horse. We didn't get kicked in the horse. So language is hard after a kick. So counterfeiting brings in Secret Service and the Pinkertons, right? So now he's got a whole different sort of animal he's dealing with. So, but the biggest problem for everybody is trying to figure out who he really is. They had found three aliases, but they still didn't know his real name. So they put his photo in the L.A. Times, and then I guess that gets carried around the country because his old manager from that Iowa team IDs him. And uh-huh. detectives then put more and more past information together. And after all that, they're like, right, so they know it's who Harry Decker is. But then after they start digging through his past, they decide Harry Decker is actually an alias. What? And his real name is Earl Alexander, but he's actually Harry Decker. Okay, so they're like, he's now like lied so much that they're like, he's not even real. <laughs> I think he's that horse. I'm pretty sure he's just three children inside of a hairy suit. So Maud bails when she learns that he has a wife out east. Sure. During the trial... Uh, women are so weird like that. <laughs> During the trial, he didn't try to argue he was innocent. What did happen was a couple of doctors testified that he was dying of tuberculosis. Hmm. So he then pled guilty in exchange for being allowed to serve the time in Arizona, which is better for tuberculosis, the desert. So okay. as soon as that deal was made, his tuberculosis completely vanished. Interesting. God, Arizona really worked, huh? Uh, immediately. And in prison, quote, he received... Before you as- even got there, some say. <laughs> so, in prison, quote, he received as much mail as all the other inmates put together. So he's become like one of these... I mean, the newspapers yeah. are, are writing about how amazing of a ladies man he is and so i think the newspapers are right. are creating the self-fulfilling prophecy sort of right but he's just he's just now known because he's no one knows he's harry decker the catcher it's a, but all these women are just falling in love with him based on stories and stuff in the paper oh wow so they 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 don't know he is and that's because the police I, still think he's fake I, yeah i guess they they think that's a fake alias so it's a whole right. fucking so they're they're still like that's good detective work boys um, so he gets out of prison in August 1911 and goes to California, gets a job working for a contractor. I have a feeling, Dave, he's going to have no. a side job. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, yeah. No, I no. feel like he will. It seems like every time he gets hired, the next thing we hear is then he went and did something crazy. 
Um, he rents a room from a widow, Jane Lawton. Here we go. Jane is very impressed with Harry. Uh, oh, you're said, such a liar. <laughs> she said he was, quote, in every way a gentleman of culture and refinement. He was reticent to a marked degree and told us little concerning his past life. He evidently had been raised in a good family. Mm-hmm. And then Harry begins courting Jane's daughter, Frances, a 42-year-old oh. school teacher. Interesting. So he's going the other way. Okay. Uh, they get married in May 1912. And after a few months, he had gone through all of Francis's savings and borrowed money from some of her relatives, and then he bailed. Hmm. So this is also a story about when teachers used to get paid well. That's right. Interesting. He forged more checks using, of a, bunch of different, using a bunch of different names, including sure. a U.S. marshal who had arrested him once. Great. Yep. I mean, he's, honestly, at this point, he's probably running out of names. <laughs> so he's like, I'll just take that guy's real name. He, I, I couldn't figure this out, but he somehow got married again. Great. And Lucky person. He forged a check to pay, and I think they were separated. This is a little murky, but he forged a check to pay rent for his wife. And then obviously that isn't great for her because her right. rent's not paid. Yep. <laughs> so then she starts helping the investigators and turns on him. Okay. And then Harry started I... believing that a sailor was coming on to his ex-wife, Maud. So he sends the sailor a telegram from a U.S. marshal, right, acting like a U.S. marshal, to try to lure the guy to a dock in SF. Was it a singing telegram, you think? At, probably. Hey! <laughs> Is that it? You're gonna go to San Francisco. That's where you're gonna have some fun. This song's almost fully done. But, the, well, the rhyme scheme fell off a little bit here early. I mean, this guy here, he loves to get married. His name is maybe Harry. We're not sure it might be invented. He had a cyst, now his head is dented. <laughs> So his plan is to, he's trying to lure this guy to the dock because he's going to kill him. And, oh, then, and, then, and then commit suicide. That's apparently what the plan is. Holy shit. Okay. This is getting pretty dark. But it didn't happen because when he got there, he got beaten up by four sailors. Okay. So, all right. His nose is broken. He's all bruised and cut up. He comes back to L.A. And his plan is now to restart his counterfeiting operation. Smart. Definitely time to get into some crime, for sure. It feels like it makes sense. Uh, so the cops, uh, they figured out it. They figured out he was up to something. And they go to the press. And all of his aliases are listed along with his picture in the paper. And then a bunch of people come forward and are like, this guy's forced check. Right? So all the people, right. all his victims are coming forward. And he forced one check to get a this is, I could not, my brain tried to wrap itself around this. He forged one check to get a custom-made Bird of Paradise hat. What? And he told the hat maker it was for his wife, but then he ended up giving it to another woman. Uh, I mean, this, I, 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 uh, <laughs> I mean, 
It just it's it is as unrelatable as a moment gets. He's 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 committing bird hat larceny. Yeah. He's forging bird hat checks for other women. Uh, yeah. The press All then, right, just... and I I don't know how this this nickname doesn't make sense to me, but the press then nicknamed him Don Juan of Shaven Head. Don Juan of Shaven Head. I don't get the Shaven Head part, but whatever. I'll Did he shave the... his head? No, I no, I don't understand that part. Don Juan. Okay. So I they mean, should call him Bird Brain. The story, the L.A. Times story on him. I, I just took one quote, but it's fucking incredible. <laughs> L.A. Times quote: According to yesterday's disclosures, he is one of the most remarkable lovemakers on record. Wow! So that's that kind is... of shit the papers are doing. Oh, I mean, we're talking more pumps than an oil drill. This guy really gets it. He really moves. Holy God, can Harry do it? Johnny, go. we, got a, we got breaking news. It's just coming yeah. in that this guy really fucks. He's really fucking. We're watching it right now. And you can see right now he's really thrusting in. But also he's taking it slow now, meaning he's close to climax, but he's timing it out properly. Look at this guy. He really knows what he's doing. I mean, I swear to God, I feel like if I ripped his back open, I'd see a bunch of wires and microchips, whatever the hell those are. This yep. guy is a pure fuck machine. Hold What's on, going hold on? Hold on now. I think he's going to come. Yes, Lenny. I think he is uh, coming. Oh, no. He backs it off. He backs uh, that's it right. off. Oh, he was. <laughs> she is now having an orgasm. What a turn she... of events. Unbelievable, and Harry has somehow cinched it again. He's not finished. He had to dip out for a second, but now he's back in going at it. Look Boy, at I go. swear to God. Look at his balls, would you, you know, Lenny? Look at his balls right you now. Know, huh? when, you see, when you see the best working, it's just like, I, I, why do I do this? Why do I? This I mean, guy is 100% natural. There's nothing but God-given rhythm to this man. Unbelievable. It's like listening to a drum solo. He is really, really banging her. Wow. And he's coming. <laughs> so, uh, Harry, that was unbelievable fucking back there. We were watching from across the way. Anything you'd like to say? You guys were watching me? That's right, we were. We'll be right back. That was unbelievable. I'm a huge fan of yours. I love your dick. Uh, so a landlord came forward and told them that the cops, Harry, was a tenant. And then the investigators went and searched his his uh, apartment, and they found counterfeiting equipment. Hmm, that's strange. I wonder who left it there. So pretty damn, pretty damning evidence. And then he also sure. con- he also confessed. So those are right. two things that are not great. Uh huh. <laughs> but but during all that, he strongly denied he had been a street revivalist in Los Angeles, which some people were reporting. You can call me a murderer, a forger, a counterfeiter, but I never did performance. <laughs> Despite all of this, the mother-in-law, ex-mother-in-law, whatever she is, Jane Lawton, is still defending him. Quote, wow. it is true that he dissipated my daughter's money, and he also made away with some of my money, but I have made mm-hmm. up my mind to pocket the loss and let it go at that. His actions, since we have known him, convince both my daughter and myself that at times he is mentally unbalanced. Which is, I mean, look, there is something very uh, sweet about being like, yeah, this guy has a mental. But if it is, I mean, you know, if it, if it, if it is, if it's in this level of criminality, I mean, uh, you know, something has to be done, obviously. 
so he goes to trial, and so at the trial, and I think this is on is Jane's doing. Quote, an effort was made to have the man examined by physicians in order to show that his longing for wives in every town and his careless way of signing other persons' names was due to an engorged brain. Okay, so they're basically saying that because he got CTE or something like that, he's become a serial forger and marrier. Basically, I mean, I think this is like an early version of there's this guy has a right. CTE situation. Right. Um, okay. But then the judge looks at his criminal history and he's like, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not going for that one. And he sentences Harry to three but years. Feel his head, your honor. It's really <laughs> puffy. Look at that. That's not normal. He sentences him to three years in San Quentin. Harry got out oh, in October 19, 1915 and vanished. No one knows what happened to him. Hmm. The end of Harry. What? That's the end of Harry? That's it. He's gone. We never. We do not know what happened to him after that. He got out of prison. We don't know what happened to him? Vanished. He Vanished. probably became somebody else and went and lived another life. And we don't know. Yeah. He fi- I mean, you know? honestly, if you spend your whole life trying to be other people, eventually you're probably going to pull it off. For sure. Absolutely. He's he Herodini. Became- he became somebody else. And he may have been right. a criminal in other places and no one just connected it, but, you know. Oh, I'm pretty sure that was the case. Why? He seems like a fine gentleman. Well, uh, yeah, you're right. Um, like they say, fool me 304 times, shame on him. Uh, <laughs> uh, the vast majority of this is uh, from the book Catcher, How the Man Behind the Plate Became an American Folk Hero by Peter Morris. And then, you know, different newspapers. Boy, that is crazy. That is really, I mean, that, that, uh, what, what do you think? Do you think he had a, uh, I, I what think, do you think? I think you're right in that he was raised um, in this sort of environment where he could do whatever he wanted. But I think, I think there was something a little off, but then I think he, he took a bunch of shots to the head. I mean, I think, I think the, the, that beginning, that childhood does probably set uh, like some behavioral pattern, but then yeah, probably through you know, I mean, taking like if you were, I mean, I just can't imagine being a catcher without equipment. It just sounds like a fox show, like a fox not, show. Yeah, and not only like it, something without equipment, like they're they're hitting the ball backwards, like it's yeah, it's insane. Yeah, so that I can't. What a weird! I can't believe he was never heard from again. So do you, is there a chance Harry's still out there? I mean, he'd be old. <laughs> but there, yeah, I want to believe, that's, Dave. That's I want to believe. That's my guess. Gosh. Wow. Well, that's, uh, I guess that's how to not live a life. That's right. That's, um, don't that's do you, that. That's how you don't do it. That's how you probably don't do it. Did not learn lessons easily. Yeah, it's uh, and and I'll do a catch. I'm I'm gonna do a catcher episode in the next month or so because it's the shit that they went through, the 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 things that those men put themselves through for a a, a game is. It's just you can't believe it. Well, and the and the difference would be, you know, now I think players have to negotiate, you know the financial stability with injury. But back then, there's not even the financial angle. Right. 
So it's There's, just simply I mean, for love of sport. They they would get like a $2,000 uh, offer, and that was about, I looked it up, it's about $70,000. So okay. it's not, it's not, it's not it's a not lot terrible. of money. I mean, look, it's not yeah, terrible, but it's not, but yeah, it's but not it, like, <clears throat> it's not like, you know, now where a guy gets $10 million. No, but there is also the, like, for lack of a better term, the underclass in sports where people take, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, I mean, there's a lot of athletes who don't, like, I remember when I was a boy, Dave, watching the Milwaukee Wave play, the indoor soccer team in Milwaukee. And I was like, these guys are fucking gods. Like, to me, I was like, these are, I mean, they were like movie stars to me. Yeah. And then I just remember one day my brother being like, they don't make a lot of money. And I was like, they're yeah. millionaires. He's like, no, they're not. <laughs> he's like, these guys, he's like, and then I remember like, like one of them was coaching on one of my teams. At one, I was just like, wait, what? And I was like, oh, they actually are like, you know, I mean, it no is, money. yeah, they didn't make money and they're trying to make it, you know, trying to make their way and get a break and stuff like that. So I'm, I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, it's like any other business, really. It's just, you're, it's much more of a, there's a much more of a physical you know, phys- physical liability with it. Yeah, and I mean, you know, th- you know, it's it's good the play the players got a, uh, you know, they start getting a cut of of the action, and honestly, the players should uh, own the teams. I oh. still don't, I still don't know why yeah. players have it just broken away and gone fuck the owners and made their well, own because, league. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I think because the you know, I mean, there is a hierarchy in in any of those leagues where you have the top tier players who pretty much can dictate anything and if those players are making hundreds of millions of dollars they're like fuck it i'm not gonna walk away you know yeah it's like uh, um, writers in hollywood and actors in hollywood. yeah exactly yeah right it's like i mean it's like politics it's like anything yeah. else where you, the upper echelon has to call for change and why would they do that that'll compromise their existence yeah um but i don't go to see a lot of baseball games but the next time i do there is no question that I will be calling the catcher a muffin maker. <laughs> Without a doubt. Signs, like the people be so confused, like, yeah, man, muffin maker, what are you going to do, huh? Uh, <laughs> Don't throw blueberries back on accident. <laughs> Am I right, guys? Yeah, <laughs> showed him, muffin maker. <laughs> <laughs> well, what a... Uh... What a weird, what a weird little life this man had. Yeah, goddamn, sweet Harry. It's amazing the shit that people go through. And if he just kept the patent, yep. If he I just mean, kept the patent, like I mean, no think joke, of beyond those, rich. Those are those are these 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 pivot moments. That every, would, I mean, we wouldn't we would not be talking about this person in every, any way. Every team from kids. Up to the pros, needs one catcher's mitt at the very least, usually yeah. two or three. Like <laughs> yes, of course. He, yeah. he would have been loaded. He could have had thirty wives. Yes, not legally. Not legally, but financially. Yes. That's right. Yes, he could have had a harem, and he just didn't care. At the same He's time, so that that time, definitely shows. Forging checks to get money, it's just none of it makes sense. That that definitely shows there's something off. Yeah. I mean, that's just so... And something that's, just, that's off that wasn't off, right? He had a daughter yeah, right. wife, and he totally settled down and was fine. Right, right, and he right, took, right. And then he, he says, I took one fucking hit to the head. 
And I'm sure he'd take it a bunch, but he took a solid one. That no, really... but it can be that one. I mean, when you watch, like, when you watch the, um, yeah, I mean, and and to to what you're saying, there is a cumulative effect. Like, I, I mean, when you watch that the Muhammad Ali uh, document, the HBO Muhammad Ali documentary, which is unbelievably good, um, it gets so brutal to watch. I mean, yeah. when you're watching Muhammad Ali in his last comeback, it is like, oh yeah, who allowed this to happen? Like, how did I mean, who you know? Come on. It was it was crazy. Yeah. It was just it was it was gross. You know? Have you ever have you ever known anyone that got concussed and then completely changed as a person? Um I don't think I don't th- I not not that comes to mind, no. You we do? A, yeah, we had a buddy in college. And we had known him for a couple of years, and then we played a you know pickup football game, and he got hit and and just f- c- fell, just collapsed, bit his tongue halfway through, like <sighs> like was out, and then he was never the same person again. Yeah, it was like a a, a switch was flipped. He was never. Yeah, the same. well, I mean, it's your brain. I mean, that is yes. why the. I mean, that's why. Like, I mean, honestly, that's why. Like, it is. Having, the, like, I, I think about the Junior Seau, I mean, I, I wasn't even trying to make, like, light of it, but, you know, the way that Junior Seau killed himself, it, it's just, it's oh my God. so disturbing because to have, to have the, to, to be able to, to kill yourself is obviously, I mean, look, it, it, you have to be in a tremendously dark, helpless spot. But to have the wherewithal, to think I want to change the future by having my brain studied. So I'm going to shoot myself in. The, I mean, it's just to shoot yourself yeah. in the chest. It is just such a, I don't know. There's just like a, a split in that that is so hard to fathom. Yeah. And, 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 then, and you know, terribly sad, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of people like, you know, Michael Hutchinson, the singer of NXS. He was in like Amsterdam, I think, and he got into a fight oh, with really? a cab driver, fell, hit the back of his head, never oh. the same. Wow. And died soon after that, but never the same. Yeah, well, we certainly have not respected that death properly then. That was real fodder. Yeah. Holy no, shit. Haven't. I mean, that was like, <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, nice little sad ending. So cool. Really, really you know, dipped it's, here. It's something we have to look at in sports. We just have oh, to completely. look at it, particularly the NFL. Yeah, I, I've I've been boycotting the NFL for ten years because I just, <laughs> just no. no, it is fucked up. I mean, you you want there there are certain plays if you watch you know fifteen years ago that I mean people complain that the NFL is soft now, but it's like I mean come on, I mean, these are human beings, you know. I mean, look, I, gotta... I grew up watching Ronnie Lott, and that was like oh yeah, like that guy was. Oh no, there is there is there is something so strange about watching a player play like a a friend of mine got me like a Brett Favre cameo. Um, this is before this is, I mean, he's had some, he's made some (laughs) terrible statements as a play and and believe me, my, my childhood is being shit on because of him lately. But I mean, I was like watching him and I was like, I mean, this is like either he's had a couple or this is, this is, yeah, you know, there was a, there was a, cameo. There was a boxer from where I was from, um, and everyone thought, like, oh, this guy's actually going to challenge for, you know, 
some belts. And then and then I remember I was watching an interview with him and he he said something and then immediately said the same thing again. Oh. And I was like, oh. Well, that 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 really is the like honestly with the like the Muhammad Ali stuff. I mean, you know, you're just it, there's something really, really brutal about watching him take shots to the head because you yeah, know because, where it goes. Yeah, uh, because the the way his mind worked was incredible. When oh, he and was that's the other the thing. I mean, top of his game of all a, of all the people to lose. I mean, he still was super effective as, but I mean, yeah, to to take away that guy's ability to yeah, communicate it, and with words is fucking. I mean, that's like, yeah, it's like a fable. I mean, it's just tragic. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, well, that was fun. Yep. <laughs> it was a fun, that was a fun talk at the end. I hope everyone enjoyed yeah, the that's fun That's what talk. I'm saying, yeah. I mean, look, right. you got to discuss it because it's the reality of the situation. I refuse to. Cut this out. Thank you. Talk to you uh, later. Bye. Panda. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this, uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army. To join me for, I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th. Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it let's see you there hey there people listening to the dollop uh this is gareth yes the same guy i listen i have a new podcast called we're here to help that i'm doing with my friend jake johnson it's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't but we try to help people with problems that are important to them you can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts and it is out right now so go listen to we're here to help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun half hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. 